News Update. As the 4 p.m. trade deadline landed on Wednesday afternoon in Major League Baseball, all was quiet. It would seem it would be a very slow-moving trade deadline, then a flurry of activity as multiple trades were reported after the deadline passed. The biggest, Zach Greinke, going to the Houston Astros. A big move there for Houston, trying to shore up their rotation. The Atlanta Braves were busy. They brought in Shane Green and Mark Melanson to help fortify their bullpen. The Cubs added Detroit Tigers slugger Nick Castellanos to a crowded outfield. And while the San Francisco Giants did not trade Madison Bumgarner, they did send Drew Pomerantz to the Milwaukee Brewers and Sam Dyson on his way to the Minnesota Twins. In some prospect news, the Dodgers will bring up right-handed prospect Dustin May, who will make his debut on Friday when he starts against the Padres. I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. All right, welcome to the BFFs, everybody. I am Frank Stamfel, no Greg Sussman. He's out celebrating yet another bachelor party that I was not a part of. And of course, the day that Greg Sussman leaves, everything goes to crap. That's why we're starting the show late, but better late than never is what they always say. I think that's what they always say. Anyway, I am Frank Stamfel, joined live in studio. Someone that I've been following for a while now, puts out great content on YouTube, Nick Urcolano, I believe I'm saying your name right. I hope I'm saying your name right. Well done, yes. Nick Urcolano, you can follow him on Twitter at Nick underscore BDGE. I know you have a huge following on YouTube as well. It's a pleasure to have you in studio, buddy. I'm, I'm excited to be here, man. Anytime I can get out of my apartment and get into a studio that has air conditioning, I'm all about it. This New York summer is, is no joke, man. We barely have air conditioning, so you're giving us a little bit too much credit here. Uh, and of course, in Nashville, Tennessee, we'll talk about Nashville a little bit because I know you went there recently for the NFL draft. It's our buddy, Eric Young. EY, what's going on? Boys, boys, good to be here. Um, happy that we're up and running. Better late than never. That is uh, something that they say. I don't know who they are, and I don't <laughs> trust them. But yeah. And uh, also, on top of that, air conditioning is good, and I started following uh, my man there uh, just a, a few minutes ago. So we're, we're good to go. Yeah, this is an opportunity for, uh, for you guys to uh, virtually meet. So, Nick... Meet EY, EY, meet Nick. This is a, a virtual handshake. Is that cool if I call you EY? Can we start off with like the abbreviations right off the bat? Yeah, that, uh, everyone calls me that. Uh, Eric okay. Young is what it stands for, but almost no one calls me Eric. Almost everyone calls me EY. So yeah, that's, uh, that's convenient. You call me whatever you want. I answer to a bunch of different things. All right, I think I'm going to go with Eric then. <laughs> what do you that prefer, EY? Right. Is it, do you want EY? Do you want Eric? Yeah, I mean, EY is fine. It's easier to say... Um, Long story short, Eric Young is, is uh, my chosen profession name. I, I have a, a different real name, and uh, 
I decided it when I was 17 because no one likes their real name when they're 17. And Eric Young uh, could be the worst fake name of all time. <laughs> you chose one real name for another, I guess, fake generic real name. So Eric Young, that's what we'll go with for now. We'll, we'll talk about it. Tomorrow, there's a long story with there's a long story with all that, but we won't do that today. Not no, not today because we've already wasted enough time. We started late, as I mentioned. What we want to do today, I brought Nick in studio not only because Greg Sussman is not around. I've been wanting to get him in studio for a while now. Actually, we want to talk about players who he is mostly in on this year. Players that he has multiple shares of. I'm going to do what I do best. I'm going to play a little devil's advocate. So we'll talk about the upside of these players. We'll also talk about the downside of players because I don't know that people talk about the downside enough. We kind of sprinkle it in, but I think that this is something that we also have to talk about. Uh, not everyone just has upside. We have to talk about the downside of these players as well. We'll do that for the rest of this first hour and the second hour. We will have the action hour where we will get some of uh, Nick's favorite NFL future bets. We will also be joined by Virginia Zakis. Probably should have told the guys downstairs. We'll be joined by Virginia Zakis uh, later on in hour two to get the latest on some NFL injuries. Let's start with some of your favorite players here, Nick. I think that we could kind of package all of these Green Bay Packers in together because I'm looking down at this list. You have three Packers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and Marquez Valdez-Scaling. Let's uh, start at the top. I am someone who is also in on Devontae Adams. I've talked EY into moving him up his rankings as well. I have him as my wide receiver one overall, not a wide receiver one. I have him as the wide receiver one. I know that DeAndre Hopkins is awesome. Pound for pound might be the best talent in the NFL. But when I look at the package of what Devonta Adams has to offer between his red zone usage, the amount of touchdowns he's scored over the past three seasons. He's also led the NFL in red zone targets over the past three seasons. The fact that he has one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time throwing him the football, and he was basically throwing it on one leg last year. All of those things together, kind of culminating, have Devonta Adams as my wide receiver one. So I'm probably in a similar camp as you. Yeah, you know what? I didn't even realize I had three Green Bay Packers on this list. It's perfectly fine. It's a great offense to, to be a part of. Yeah, I, I think when you're going with tiebreakers, look at the quarterback, look at the offense that they're on, who's going to score the most points. And when you look at this Green Bay team, um, by all intents and purposes, Aaron Rodgers had a bit of a down year, right? You look at the, the end of the season results, 25 touchdowns, two interceptions, great statistics, but he is a quarterback built to score 35 to 40 touchdowns. Vontae Adams, like you said, has been, you know, top five, top three in terms of red zone looks year in and year out. Now, volatility is something that comes along with wide receiver touchdowns, right? It's very hard to predict, but absolutely, when you're in uh, an offense like this with Aaron Rodgers, who is, you know, if you owned him last year, you were obviously not disappointed. He was so consistent week over week. But the crazy part is he was receiving, you know, 10, 12, 15 targets a game. And Aaron Rodgers kept publicly coming out and saying, we need to get him the ball more. We need to get him the ball more. So it's, it's one of those feel things along with the statistics. And I have him right now on my big board as 105 overall. As soon as those top four guys, those top four running backs are off the board, it's, it's Devontae Adams there. And I just think there's no risk there. When you look at the beginning of your drafts, rounds one, two, three, four, you want to minimize risks, right? You want to make sure that the 70% of your fantasy points that are going to be scored week over week over week are actually being scored. And Devontae Adams is a guy you can trust because you know, looking at Aaron Rodgers, that he's good for a minimum of 30 touchdowns. And Devontae Adams had 13 last year, right? So you take the 25 that Aaron Rodgers threw, that's over 50%. He's going to be looking at Devontae Adams every time that they're down there. And 
Rodgers had a career low like touchdown rate in terms of you know percentage. Four point two percent touchdown rate last year. He hasn't touched that since I think maybe his rookie year or something. You might have to fact check. It was on by me. far the lowest of his career. Okay, yeah. So you you know you think that jumps back up to a career average, maybe around six percent, six point five percent. That would have brought his touchdown total from twenty five to thirty seven touchdown passes last year. And who is going to benefit from that? I, like I, Adams. I think you know you, it's very hard to predict record-breaking seasons coming from receivers because they're always outliers. But I, I really think we're going to see something like 180 targets, 130 receptions, and 17 to 18 receiving touchdowns from Devontae Adams. So right after those big four running backs are off the board, Devontae Adams is here to you know uh, establish himself as the wide receiver one. The takes, the T-A-E-K-S. That's what we like here on the BFS from Nick. Throwing some hot takes out there. I mentioned I'm going to play some devil's advocate. It's really hard because I love Devontae Adams. But I'm going to throw this your way, EY. What, if anything, can be the downside to Devontae Adams? I'll throw a few things your way, and you let me know what you think. Aaron Rodgers has been in and out of the lineup the past couple years. He played last year basically on one leg, but he's missed time due to, like, collarbone. I feel like he might have had a concussion at some point uh, because he does take off and run a little bit, and he's prone to injuries. I'll throw that out there. Plus, another name on this list that we'll get to, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison. Everybody's hyping these two wide receivers up. Now, if they do more in the pass game, that could potentially take away from Devontae Adams. Now, I love Devontae Adams, but that is me playing devil's advocate, preaching the downside. EY, are any of those things legitimate to you as reasons why you would pass on Devontae Adams? Yeah, I don't think downside. Like you said, you had talked me into him. I moved him up. He's my wide receiver three just behind uh, Hopkins and Julio. So um, uh, Adams is is a stud. And I remember reading a thing saying uh, that Aaron Rodgers said that he watched a bunch of film back and said there was a bunch of times where Devontae Adams was completely open and he didn't throw him the ball. Um, Having Allison there uh, in the slot and Scantling on the outside – in the end, I think only helps Adams. Adams is going to be the undisputed one. And let's not forget, like, okay, yes, Aaron Rodgers has been hurt before. Football is a full contact sport. Every year, I feel like the NFL works on having the quarterbacks less and less hit and less and less injured because they are the stars of, of, of what makes an offense go. He was an unbelievable quarterback on one leg last year, uh, having a new coach and a new system, uh, I believe will only benefit him and he's going to make it a point to be a better player, to show everyone that he was right. And McCarthy was wrong. There's a chip on his shoulder. Um, I always lean towards the mental side of things like that. Like these players, uh, all of them are freak athletes. All of them are good athletes. All of them are great football players, but what separates People is sometimes motivation and and mental stimulus and and Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers has a check mark in all of those things. Devontae Adams is a stud, and I'm not going away from him. Yeah, I mean, even going back to Jordy Nelson as the wide receiver one of this Packers offense, we saw massive seasons out of Jordy Nelson as well. I mean, this is a legitimate thing that you can hang your hat on: is the number one wide receiver in the Packers offense. If you have Aaron Rodgers' trust, you are going to put up monster fantasy numbers. So. Play a little bit of devil's advocate there. There is downside to any player, and I will mention that Devontae Adams has had concussion issues. EY, I remember a couple of years ago when Devontae Adams got absolutely crushed on Thursday Night Football on that, on that hit over the middle. I came in the next day, and I was throwing things at you. You were throwing things at me, and we were getting crazy about that. I mean, you can't really forget it. Devontae Adams has had concussion issues. He's taken some big hits. You have to take that into consideration. Every player has a downside in the NFL. I mean, it's a very violent sport. We realize that. If he and Aaron Rodgers stay healthy, even in a new Matt LaFleur offense, 
I don't really see how it can fail. So I am very excited about Devontae Adams. He is my wide receiver one. I've mentioned MVS, and I've mentioned Geronimo Allison. To me, this is one of the harder ones to pick apart here because I want to be excited for both players. But as much as I like Devontae Adams, there's only one football. There's only so many targets to go around. For me, when I'm looking at this, it's MVS on the outside. It's Geronimo Allison in the slot. MVS, to me, is a freak athlete. This guy is six foot four. 4.37 40-yard dash that tested in the 96th percentile according to Player Profiler. The speed score is legitimate. The only thing that I'll say is I think Geronimo Allison has more of Aaron Rodgers' trust. I think we saw that a little bit last year where there was a stretch that MVS was fantasy relevant. He was fantasy viable. But then he kind of faded, and it seemed like Aaron Rodgers wasn't really targeting him as much in the offense. And then on the other side for Geronimo Allison, he's playing in the slot now. And we've seen slot receivers for fantasy, Nick, I mean, that's just been gold. So, I'll throw it your way. You have MVS on this list. You're very excited about him. I want to be excited about him, but it's like the freak athlete on the outside versus the slot receiver who might have Aaron Rodgers' trust, and that's why I keep going back and forth on these two. What do you have on MVS? Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of MVS, and for a lot of the reasons you pointed out, I love the athletic profile, and I, don't, I try not to read into uh, beat reporters and a lot of the hype that coming out of training camp. But when you start hearing it, over and over and over again from the quarterback, from the coach, from the GM, from beat reporters. MVS is the guy. MVS is the number two. You, you know, in a, in a physical standpoint, like him being the number two means he'll be on the field for probably 10 to 15% more snaps than John Mileson. Him being outside as opposed to the slot means that his depth of target is also going to be about double the range of John Mileson's. Is. And, you, and like you said, like he came on the field and once John Mileson was banged up last year, which is a concern because John Mileson's game logs so far, three years, he's, he's pretty old. People don't know this. This is his fourth year coming into the, into the league. Seven games, 11 games, five games. The guy has not shown durability. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, he might trust him. You, you look at his statistics from last year, but do you think he's going to try to build chemistry with someone that he doesn't even trust staying on the field? So when I look at MVS, came in, had four games right off the rip where they were very fantasy relevant, right? And then Top he fell 24 off. receiver there, yep. Right, he hit that rookie wall. And there were some reports that there was a rift there between MVS and Aaron Rodgers because MVS kept running the routes that Mike McCarthy was telling him to run. Yep. And I read you know, the same exact thing. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how much truth there is to it, but clearly that's been, that's been fixed. And Aaron Rodgers and MVS have been, um, you know, fixing up their chemistry a little bit. And when I look at who's more equipped to play outside, it's MVS by a mile because he's a great athlete, as you pointed out, 4.37, and he's got that. He's huge. He's big. Six four. He's long, 6'4", 205, so he's got the legitimate speed. And Aaron Rodgers is someone who's not afraid to throw the ball deep. And Geronimo Allison, it's like, you know, when guys get to the end of their career, they're less athletic. So you kind of have to put them in the slot because it's naturally going to give you more separation. You don't actually have to beat cornerbacks. And I think that's what you're seeing from Allison. I know we saw a couple of good years out of Randall Cobb there, but it didn't seem like there was any wide receiver two that was viable to catch passes. So I think if you're going to give Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the most accurate outside quarterbacks, outside of the numbers, the free roam to choose his wide receivers... You know, it's going to be MVS over Allison, in my opinion. All right, when we come back, we'll get EY's thoughts on Allison versus MVS. It's the BFFs, Frank, Nick, and EY. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. 
back to the BFFs here on the Fantasy Sports Network. No Greg Sussman. He's out celebrating another bachelor party. The most busy man in the world, pretty much. Love the music, too, by the way. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you I hear you making the music louder downstairs, trying to get some dance moves out of me. I am joined by Nick Ercolano right next to me. Follow him on Twitter at Nick underscore BDGE. Big dogs got to eat. Someone in the chat also asked, not just someone, Lance Davis, a uh, faithful viewer of the show. He says, uh, you must be a fan of Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. It's BJGE. Pretty uh, close. It's close. as absolutely 0% <laughs> of the reason why the name would be BDGE. I was a fan of Ben Jarvis Green Ellis at the time. Um, horrible dynasty pick if, if you were in the game at that point. But he, he was exciting. And uh, I'd, I'd like to think a lot of the passion uh, about my brand comes from Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. So shout out to... To wherever, what do you think he's doing right now in life? <laughs> ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Yeah. Uh, man, I couldn't. Man, I hope he's all right. I just hope everything's going all right for him. I, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, former Patriots running backs seems like they let you go so early on in your career. I mean, he lashed on with the Bengals for a little bit. If you love touchdowns and you probably love Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, um, I couldn't tell you what he's doing. I hope he's all right though. Shout out to Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. We are also up. joined by Ey the Eric Young. And EY, I mentioned before the break, I wanted to throw this your way. We kind of talked about this during the Packers preview. It's like Geronimo Allison versus MVS. You heard Nick spitting some hot fire over there uh, regarding MVS. Where do you land on this? And have you have you been flip flopping? Have you have you just? I believe you were on Allison before. I could be wrong about that. Where do you stand now? I had them back to back, and and actually Allison was ahead, but now I've got Scantling ahead of him and. Allison about three picks behind him. Um, I think the only thing that would sway me is maybe in a PPR, but the hard thing that the thing is, this is a different coaching staff, a different, different offense is going to be run. We don't know how many times there's going to be three wide receivers on the field. Um, like Nick was saying, scaling is, is, is being said to be the number two when their offense is on the field, he's going to be on the field. And Allison will come in and out as there's as there's three wide receivers set. So I think that they'll probably alternate some. That's not a, a hard and fast rule, but I think scaling is going to have more opportunity. I think his his depth of target will be farther, and I think he'll probably score more touchdowns. So I mean, just to me, the opportunity there uh, playing with Rodgers, I got scaling ahead of him. But Allison is a player that I really like. I think he's going to catch a ton of balls this year. All right, screw it. We're all on MVS over Geronimo oh. Allison. Let's go with it. The the athletic freak on the outside, six foot four, four three seven forty. You've talked me into it. The reason why I ask you one or the other is because what I've seen in a lot of drafts, and you probably have as well. As soon as someone takes one of those Packers receivers, the other one goes off the board immediately. It's like it's almost a light bulb in someone's head that said, "Oh crap, the Packers receivers." I just saw one of them go. Let me grab the other one. So it's it's basically impossible to get both of them unless you're on the turn, like. The 7-8 turn or like 8-9 turn, for example. Yeah, um, I actually stacked Devontae Adams with MVS in the... Are you in the Scott Fishbowl? Yes, I, I took Devontae Adams at pick 11. I got him. Yeah, I, I got real lucky. Got him at like 16 after getting Kelsey in the first. Wow. So, yeah, Adams... Yeah, so I started Adams, Zach Ertz. Yeah, okay. I, I like that stack, too. Um, I, I grabbed Adams in the second and then MVS much later, which I'm fine stacking. And to be honest with you, I prefer MVS, but I'm not going to be upset if I end up with Allison around later or something. I do see both of them starting to creep up. Obviously, the, you know, the, the hype from camp is going to start pushing everyone's ADP up now. And I actually saw MVS go at the 612 today in a best ball draft. And, 612. And at that point, like, I like him, but uh, you know, it could end up being a timeshare for the wide receiver two yeah. role. So it's more so the fact that you can get him so late, and we know historically that the wide receiver two in Green Bay 
produces. Do we know who it is yet? No, not literally, but everything is pointing towards MVS being that guy. Yeah, I, I did a best ball draft on Saturday, and he went at 7.07. And that was the highest I saw MVS go at the time. So 6.12, I mean, yeah, yeah that, that's easily the highest that I've heard or, or even seen him be drafted. So just take this all into account. I mean, people are really, really buying in on the hype when it comes to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Another player in this Packers offense that you like a lot, Aaron Jones. Now, I'm, kinda, I'm going to lump Aaron Jones and Marlon Mack together. As we've been doing on the show, we've been talking about that running back crew in the third round. A few of those, maybe all of them, it probably won't be all of them, but I, I would imagine a few of those running backs in that third round crew, Kerryon Johnson, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Freeman. Let's say those six running backs, I've seen them go pretty regularly in the third round. They all have a really good shot to return RB1 value. Legitimately finish as top 12 running backs. So you like both Marlon Mack and Aaron Jones. And I love Aaron Jones. I basically keep going back and forth between him and Carrion as like the leader of that tier. The downside for Aaron Jones is that he's dealt with so many MCL sprains and, and tears. And he's currently sitting out with like a hamstring injury already at camp. So you have to take that into consideration. I understand it's a new offense coming in with Matt LaFleur. I think he kind of figured out last year down the stretch like how to evaluate running back talent. At least I'd hope so. He finally figured out to use Derrick Henry. I would imagine that just watching any type of film, he realizes that Aaron Jones is the most talented running back in this backfield. And again, really good offense. And you know, just having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, it gives you so many running lanes. That's why you see the YPC so high for Aaron Jones. So I'll just throw it your way. Aaron Jones and Marlon Mack and really just like that whole tier of running backs why you like those two the most out of them. Sure. Uh, I'm going to preface with two things. One, the Andrew Luck calf strain, whatever is going on with his calf, which has been going on for four months now. I didn't realize yeah. how serious Since it was. Since OTAs. That is, it's, it's terrifying me. I don't know. Like we'll, We're into August now, so that needs to be fixed up quickly. Um, the reason I preface with that is because I absolutely love Marlon Mack. I have him inside my top 10 running backs for this year. And I will also preface with Devonta Freeman, Leonard Fournette, and I believe Josh Jacobs are basically not on my draft board where you have to take them. Uh, Fournette and Freeman, their injury concerns for me are enormous. And I think a lot of people look at the injuries that they've dealt with and just assume, oh, they're past it, whatever. But we have, you know, modern science and we have um, someone from... Inside injuries coming up. Right, there are some injuries that make you... um, We can't predict the injuries, but they make you a lot more likely to suffer them again. And Devontae Freeman has dealt with so many concussions. He's dealt with lower leg injuries. Fournette's ligaments in his ankle are like tearing apart at this point, you know? So I have those guys off my draft board. Josh Jacobs, we'll go into it another time. Um, Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones, Karen Johnson. I, I wish you didn't have to do this to me because I love all three guys. <laughs> yeah. I will start with Mack. If, if we're going to assume Andrew Luck is healthy, I, I, I don't see... You know, I look at Mac almost like Devontae Adams, right? Right before he broke out, we were like, Devontae Adams is a, is a lock for 10 touchdowns. We didn't know that he could hit that 1,300, 1,400-yard receiving mark yet, right? We didn't know he was that type of player. Mac scored 10 touchdowns in 12 games last year, and two of those games, he only played on like 30% of the snaps because he was coming back from injury. So you look at what he did in, in a sample size of basically 10 games as their starter. It was 1,000 yards from scrimmage, and it was 10 touchdowns. What is the floor for a guy like Mac as the, as the running back one? in this Colts offense, who I project to be, you know, a lot of the argument is, oh, he only does well when they're winning. And, like, the Colts are going to be an incredible team this year, right? They'll prob- I would project them to win probably 12 games. So, yes, maybe he'll only be in when they're winning, but that's going to be the large majority of the time. He was tied for seventh in the league in goal line carries last year, right? Like, how many opportunities is he going to get on the goal line? There's no one else taking goal line opportunities. 
Naeem Hines is there, yes. He might be more of a pass catcher, but Naeem Hines put what up. What about like, Spencer Ware? I'm just kidding. No, I was going to say, he, <laughs> how many NFL games you played in the last like two years? And that's the thing. Like, they didn't go out and sign anybody. They didn't. Marlon Mack is their guy. No, Marlon Mack's their guy. And in an offense, they have an elite offensive line. They're going to score five. a ton of points. They were top five in scoring last year as well. They're probably going to improve more continuity with the offensive line. I just don't see. Maybe you might disagree with me on the upside of Marlon Mack, but I can't imagine a season where his floor is not double-digit touchdowns. I just can't do it. So I will take that there. Aaron Jones, I love. I think people look at Aaron Jones the wrong way, though. I think what we need to do is accept the fact that he's going to be in a committee, but be excited about him getting 16 to 18 touches and having less of an injury risk. Use him in the Kamara role, you know what I mean? And give him five targets but 12 carries. Even if it's like 14 to 18 carries uh, or touches in general. Exactly. That's fine. I would love him because he'll be super efficient in this offense who has a great run-blocking line, right? They were kind of banged up a little bit, but they're back to form here with Aaron Rodgers, new offense in Matt LaFleur, who's coming from, you know, the McVay, the Shanahan tree. Like, they know to get their ball to the running back in space on these pass uh, on these passing plays, and they've already talked about that this summer. So it's like Aaron Jones. I don't want him getting twenty five carries because he's going to be out of he's going to be out of the game by week six. So give Dexter Williams, Jamal Williams, whoever is actually healthy at the time, you know, the other seven carries inside the twenty, and like I'm all in on Aaron Jones. Carry on's another guy that I absolutely love, but I, I want you to jump in and tell me how you're feeling about Carry on. Yeah, I love Carry on Johnson, and I actually predicted you know a couple of weeks ago that the Theo Riddick cut was going to come. I, I drafted Theo Riddick in. In Scott's fishbowl as well. Unfortunately, he's my RB1. I wouldn't want him to be my RB1, but you know, when I take a wide receiver tight end in that format, there's a tight end premium, I end up with Carrion Johnson as my RB1. And at the time, Theo Riddick was still on the team, but I had the thought that there was a chance Theo Riddick could get cut. So I think that the pass, the receiving upside for Carrion Johnson is massive. And I think last year, Matt Patricia, and although there is a new OC here, it is an OC that likes to run the football, I think they realized that. All right, let's not mess around with like LeGarrette Blunt, CJ Anderson. We know that Carrion Johnson is the most talented running back on this team. Like they traded up to get him. They're clearly going to use him. I would probably paint the same picture around Carrion Johnson that I would Aaron Jones, and that I don't want him to be a workhorse running back. He's been injury prone going back to his days in college. So even if he only sees 14 to 18 touches per game, I, I also expect the Lions offensive line to be better this season as well. That he'll be really good in those 14 to 18 touches. So I mean, differentiating those three running backs, it's something that might win or lose you your fantasy season, but I think all three of them, between Carrion Johnson, Aaron Jones, and Marlon Mack, have immense, you know, top 12 running back upside. EY, I'm going to paint the, the downside picture once again for you when it comes to all three of these guys, and then we'll get you thought, your thoughts on how you rank them overall. Marlon Mack, the thing that I worry about is the receiving. How much is he going to catch the ball to the backfield? A lot of people play in half-point PPR, full-point PPR, that might limit his upside if he's not catching a ton of passes. Like, realistically, his ceiling might be 40 receptions. So I'll throw that out there as one of his downsides and this potential Andrew Luck injury as well. Aaron Jones has had a ton of injury concerns. He's already torn his MCL. I believe it's been twice already, so he's missed time due to that. Uh, so you have to worry about that. And then with on Johnson, there's a chance that the Lions just suck overall. And while they want to be a running football team, they might not have that luxury. So I'll throw all those three things your way. Once again, how are you how are you ranking these three running backs and are you excited about all three of them, EY? I, I am excited about all three. Uh these are all guys that 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 I, I like. I mean, obviously, um some more than others. Aaron Jones I have as my uh my running back five, right behind David Johnson. And and, and I may move him up just because of the unknown of what the Cardinals are going to be. I think we're all 
wanting it to be what everyone thinks it's going to be. We want it to be exciting. We want him to run 70 plays a game. We want Kyler Murray to be this unbelievable player. Um, and, um, but the truth is, is nobody really knows yet. And that's, that's a bit of a risk. Um, so I have Aaron Jones. Then I have, uh, carry on Johnson. It would be my next. And then Marlon Mack is like two picks behind him. Karen Johnson, like I said, Detroit, they may suck. They, they may be a terrible team, but now they've got rid of Theo Riddick. So I think that to me is just only going to increase carry on Johnson's catches. He's going to be the starter. Um, and CJ Anderson's going to be, you know, probably there for goal, goal line, uh, short, short yardage situations. But I feel like carry on Johnson's, they're going to lean on him. They're going to lean on him heavily. Um, more so than he's ever been leaned on, I believe. And, and that's going to produce a, a, a lot of volume if he can stay healthy. And that's the question. I love watching this guy run. He runs like a lunatic. Um, but the, the truth is, is he's, he doesn't have the frame to run how he runs. So that's a, that's a, that worries me about his durability. You heard it from EY. He runs like a lunatic. EY knows a thing or two about being a lunatic himself. So, uh, you know, I would take his word when it comes to uh, carry on Johnson. I currently have them ranked. Carry on Aaron Jones and Marlon Mack. I might be overthinking like the receiving upside for Marlon Mack. I mean, we'll talk about this more when we get back as well. But yeah, for me, I have a carry on Johnson. I have Aaron Jones and Marlon Mack. Very excited about all three running backs. We threw out some of the downside to these guys, but overall, they do have a ton of upside going in that round three range as well. It's Nick, EY, and Frank here on the BFFs on the Fantasy Sports Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Welcome back to the BFFs. Frank Stanfield, no Greg Sussman, joined in studio by Nick Ercolano and the Eric Young. We got three minutes here before we reset at the top of the hour. So I will move over to, hmm, who do I want to touch on real quick? Let's go with Tyler Boyd because everything that's going on with AJ Green here. Again, we only have about two minutes left now at this point. So we'll keep it short here. We've talked a lot about Tyler Boyd and AJ Green, and AJ Green, you know, had surgery. Kind of expected to be ready for week one. He probably won't. I'd imagine he misses at least a couple of weeks of the regular season. There were some stats that Scott Barrett of Pro Football Focus put out over the weekend regarding Tyler Boyd, showing how he was better when A.J. Green was on the field. I would imagine that's because he attracts A.J. Green attracts so much defensive attention. Uh, but those stats are a little misleading because he played some of those games, obviously without Andy Dalton as the quarterback and Jeff Driscoll. So overall, why do you like Tyler Boyd as much as you do? One, I believe in Tyler Boyd as a, as a player, right? We're seeing this mold of slot wide receivers become super popular in, you know, particularly fantasy football. The guys that are over six foot, Adam Thielen's, the Juju's or whatever, not necessarily explosive athletes, but that's exactly the mold that Tyler Boyd fits into. We just saw him produce and put up over a thousand yards in an anemic offense. And I don't know if this offense is going to be any better per se in terms of points, but they're going to be higher paced with the new, you know, offensive coordinator, new head coach. And 
I look at Boyd and yeah, those stats that people throw out, I feel like are kind of lazy. No disrespect to Scott Barrett. I didn't actually see the numbers, but I assume it was just a straight split of games with Boyd with, with and without Green. That is correct. Yeah. So that obviously doesn't take into context that Jeff Driscoll was the quarterback for about five of those games, right? So Also correct. Yeah. So those are... Those are obviously going to be skewed when you're looking at Boyd's numbers, but in those three games that he had with Andy Dalton, his target share was really, really high. It was like around you know, 27, 28, 29%. And when you're going to look at efficiency in terms of stats, give me the volume in a small sample size over efficiency because you know the next game he could have went for 150 yards and then all of a sudden that, that four-game span is much bigger. So if you're going to tell me with A.J. Green off the field, you're going to continue to see volume. They obviously, I mean, they're around Boyd and they gave him the extension over A.J. Green. So I think that should tell you something about their offensive plans with Boyd. This new head coach comes over from L.A., going to use him like Cooper Cup. Tyler Boyd, I'm all in. Do not shy away. He is the only thing they have in this offense. EY, you good to stick around for the start of the next hour? Yeah, I can stick around for a little bit. Thanks. Appreciate that, EY. So when we come back, we'll get EY's thoughts on Tyler Boyd. We'll touch on a few more of these players. The Action Hour coming up next is the BFFs here on the Fantasy Sports Network.